Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and this is Merrick Larwood. Hello, film lovers. This week we're going to be talking uh, about Mr. Turner, and it's an art-based podcast. podcast. We talk about Mr. Turner, um, a film about Turner, and uh, Tim's Vermeer, a a film about Vermeer. So it's going to be incredibly highly cultured, and I think people will learn rather a lot. Well, I I think the the, uh, subject matter is highly cultured. But I can almost guarantee you that none of my references or anything I have to say will have any semblance of anything remotely uh, approaching culture. Did you uh, paint at school? Were you any good at it? I... In my, I don't know if you had this because you've got uh, an older brother, haven't you? I have an older brother. Yes, I am one of three children. Yes, all boys. Yeah, now we're men. All of you? Mm, yeah. Okay. I am. Do you know which one I am? You are number. Oh, are you number three? Two. Yes, the middle one. You're mental the middle one. one. Um, I'm the mentally ill one. Um, anyway, my brother was exceptionally good at art, and I was really good at art as well. Your older brother? Yeah, and I was also the best in my class at art, but my dad said when we got to do our GCSEs, uh, yeah, now to do one one sort of arty-farty GCSE. So what did you pick? Well, I said I want to do art and drama, I went, no, um, Kieran does art, <laughs> you... <laughs> I don't want two papers. Your older brother's already taken that, so you have to do drama. So what did that leave your third brother your second brother, the third of the siblings. He had to spend his whole youth eating his own excrement. Which was the third art choice. On, the Isle, of, on the Isle of Wight. You can was... do drama, uh, art or excrement eating. Well, no music on the Isle of Wight, is eat, there? It's, I think it's not just eating. I think that's sort of doing it down. Okay. It's yeah. a lot more complicated. Than that. I mean, I don't under, I've never been to the Isle of Wight. I don't understand its indigenous culture. It's just of imbibing it. In a, anyway, let's not talk about that. Um, that's not a white thing. But we're not here to talk about... Uh, <laughs> but my point is that I, I could have been a famous... I could have shit been, eater. And, you, and you're not. I could have been a famous artist or a shit eater. Yeah. Uh, but instead, you're not I, famous. I, I, so. I'm out of work. Uh, you know, but forgotten. Um, as some bloke um, stopped me the other day on the train, he went, "You're the um, oh, what's the uh, your um, uh, that was it. <laughs> that was, uh, that's that's, that's the level you're at. The um, uh, 
Uh, and he just lost interest and walked off. <laughs> oh, that is a shame. Uh, anyway. Well, Mr. Turner, let's begin with that. Um, you saw this film, Marek. Why don't you tell us what it is about? Well, I've got to talk... It's, I'm, I'm going to talk about another subject. I took, went to Isle of Wight. Oh, OK. I mean, I mean, the film was terrible. <laughs> I, I went but to... you're never too old to start, and that's the great thing about Gobbling Turds. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can pick it up at any age. Me and my family, we had a lovely meal, and once we'd all finished all the turds in the olive oil, we thought, well, we fancy a sit down now. Right. So I took my mum and dad to go to the cinema, because um, I thought it's a sort of mum and dad's film. Mm. And it was, well, it's got Timothy Spall in it. This was the first time I've actually been, other than when I went to see Irish, which was a film about people who, when she gets a dementia... Yes. When it was full of old people crying, which is really traumatic. Well, because it was like, this is going to happen to you, isn't it? Yeah, I, I was the youngest person in the cinema. It's incredible. Wow. Um, so, for, you, what, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, Mr. Turner is played by the uh, brilliant as ever, Timothy Spall, uh, directed by Mike Lee. It's a biopic. I know how to say these things. Yeah, biopic. Of... Uh, Turner's life, who's a, famous for his uh, sort of seascape, you know, ship sort of uh, huge stormy sort of huge, very evocative. Yes, yeah, evocative um, stormy seascapes. Very good with light. And it was his, and it was just his life. In and he, I think he lived up to around eighteen fifty. Not sure. Um, just a story of his life, really. It's what's great about it, and seeing it on a big screen. And what Mike Lee's done brilliantly, like the opening shot is almost like a a, a moving Turner painting, mm. and some of the it's shot beautifully, and some of the shots you think oh, it actually looks like uh, frames could be taken as pieces of of his artwork, which is really really That's nice. Timothy Spall is sublime. He's just a, a wonderful face you can look at, and he he got so many tricks and looks. He makes you laugh, and um, Turner's. I didn't really know much about Turner. He's quite a visceral sort of figure quite you know not he's not the sort of elite uh, posh painter he's just a grumbling bloke who takes his a bit just bloody minded he's almost like a plumber yeah. version of a painter and he just grunts <laughs> that's a lot of Timothy Spall's acting which gets to the point where towards the end of the film he's just doing <laughs> are you sure that wasn't your family having my, a snack during and, the and my mum said there's too much grunting I don't know what that was a reference to <laughs> <laughs> whether what you're watching, or whether it was a generally. film, whether it was my, is you know what in in her life, I don't know <laughs> what it was. Okay. But the the uh, it, and the, the acting's great. It's got great British actors in it. Did, uh, did Turner have a dramatic, exciting life? Well, dramatising. Here's the problem. I think when you try and dramatise someone's entire life, which Mike Lee's done here, it, you run the risk of having quite dull moments and you're constrained to history I'd be far I'd be far more interested if you just picked one subject and really delved into that mm. rather than just sort of following along it's two and a half hours long which again as we spoke about last week it's just too long for a film especially for old people I mean my blood is bad enough those people in that cinema must have been awful not all of them will have survived the night. Um, but um, that's it's, it's a great. But it's, it's a departure um, for Mike Lee, or certainly not a typical subject for Mike Lee. He did Topsy Turvy before, which I, I don't hate, know if you've uh, seen. Awful. 
Really, I really liked it. I really liked his early stuff. I think Naked was one of my favourite ever films. When he does the sort of um, almost uh, Italian neorealism esque uh, mundane working class Britain stuff, I mean, Secrets and Lies is excellent. I really like All or Nothing. Naked, I've still not seen, and I feel ashamed because it's the one everyone says is his best. David Thews. Life is Good, I think it's called, is an early one with Timothy Spall, who's fantastic as a character called Aubrey. Mm. Um, And Timothy Spall's always been brilliant. I mean, he's clearly, they get on, don't they? I mean, he's he's only, really, there's his wife later on the film, um, but he's one of the few strong characters. He has got a lot on his shoulders to take on, you know, to drag this film through that two and a half hour mark. I enjoyed it, but I wasn't blown away by it. Um, someone has put it, if you think, shut up, you bald, inarticulate twat. This is for me. Um, <laughs> I want to hear someone talk about this semi-coherently. Well, you're in luck, because Ali Candlin has written in a very good email about... Um, uh, who she's an student about what she thought of Miss Turner and David I believe you're going to uh, approach the lector now and read this uh, yes <laughs> in my Ali Candlin 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 voice has she, has she said uh, oh, sorry what am I standing on I just worry about that uh, you're worried cable. about cables okay um uh, I'm from California originally but now live in Scotland Okay, everyone's giving us combos these days. A lot of Scottish people. Very demanding, our, our listeners these days. Uh, Scotland via uh, California. Very good, go for it. So, for context, I saw Mr. Turner on a small screen with only members of my university's art history society in the audience. I think we all found it fun seeing some of our lecturers' favourite anecdotes about Turner coming to life, especially the scene of him one-upping a fusty constable at Hanging Day in the National Gallery. Likewise, the scene with Ruskin pompously holding forth on seascapes was hilarious and perfect, especially after being forced to read numerous essays by the man. Not sure how this kind of stuff plays to an audience who is maybe not quite so familiar with, with or invested in the context of the film. I'd love to hear. Or perhaps you're, you're experts on 19th century art. What do I know? No, we're really not. My immediate reaction to the film was a kind of baffled love. It was first of all hilariously funny. Timothy Spall's expressions, the com- conversations via only grunting. Your screen's gone off again. There we go. The abrupt and unexplained scene-slash-tonal changes. All of these reduce the cinema to tears of laughter at points. We did get a couple of sanctimonious shush during the scene with the photographer when everyone was in hysterics over Mrs. Booth's horrified expression. No doubt it was a keen student annoyed at missing a treatise by Turner on the relationship between photography and painting, colour and light or some such. I also just found watching Turner toddling around and grunting endlessly compelling and especially enjoyed the conversations or interactions between him and various members of the society. 
The one big letdown for me was the ending. I was fascinated by the construction via almost plotless vignettes and character sketches, so felt slightly disappointed when it lapsed into con conventional resolving ending. I also got a bit annoyed during some of the scenes of landscape, which were really obviously digitally altered to resemble, resemble Turner paintings. Okay, mostly the fighting Temerary scene. It was completely ridiculous. The overly fake colors just hit a wrong note next to the bodily grunting reality of the rest of the thing. That said, the contrast between some of the beautiful natural landscape shots and Turner's overly physical self and method of painting worked well for me. I just wish it had occasionally been played subtler. Anyway, if either of you have seen it, I'm very curious to hear what you thought, and it's not like any other film I've ever seen, though I'm not overly familiar with Mike Lee, so perhaps that's why. But please do keep watching and talking about films. Keep walking to lectures through the dreary Scottish weather, less depressing. Alison. You made her sound like she's some sort of weird... Hey, she said Californian Scottish, and that's Computer. what I delivered. I think well, that's a good synopsis of it. I give it seven marics. Wait till it comes out on 4K definition television. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we've all got 4K, right? You've got a 4K I, telly now, yeah? I might, as you can see by my television, it's recorded in my house. When I moved into this flat six months ago, yeah. at the build, the, the um, I, we we had some heavy stuff. We got I hired removal men for two hours to lift them with the heavy stuff, and they went. No one around here's got one of these. Everyone's got flat screens. <laughs> I haven't lifted up one of these bulky TVs for literally. They weigh a ton as yeah, well. I used to have one as well in my flat at uni. Um, Yes, a cathode ray television. Uh, well, Mr. Turner sounds intriguing enough. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll check it out sometime. I, I'm slightly, for all that I haven't watched Naked, I'm slightly completionist with Mike Lee's stuff. Because it's not perfect, but I do find it interesting. Um, so I will watch it at some point. Um, my thing, while I was down the Isle of Wight, when I wasn't, when I wasn't eating uh, <laughs> fecal matter, yeah. I watched a few films with my mum. And it's quite interesting seeing how that changes your, how who you watch it with changes your perspective about the film. My example being, my mum said, why don't we watch a film? And I was trying to show her how to get iPlayer on her TV, her new... Internet-ready telly. Yeah, yeah, her now TV box. Right. And I went, oh, Drive's on. Drive's a brilliant film. So I watched Drive with my mum. Oh. Which is not really the film you watch with a... No, I mean, it's... Sixties. Not a, it's not exactly explicit, apart from some hammering and things. It's really but violent. It's quite sexy, Marek. It made me um, maybe make, enjoy it less. So maybe seedy is more yeah. the word. It's quite a seedy film. But then we watched The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. That's more a mum's film. And we both, we both enjoyed it. Have you it. planned a trip to India now? Oh, it was so great. <laughs> they don't make actors like the old one. You've got Maggie Smith in there. Yeah, Judy Davis got Tom Wilkinson he's in, in there. it oh Tom Wilkinson you've got, he's lovely <laughs> you've got the one who was in Lady Who Was Naked Ever Decreasing Circles in oh, there oh I love the lady from Ever Decreasing Circles you've got what's his name who plays the 
the old man in um, every the thin really Bill Nighy Bill Nighy Bill you got Dev Patel who was I didn't think could act the guy from Slumdog Millionaire he's I think you'll there. find he's the guy from the last airbender to he's, me yeah he is the airbender he's but the airbender the, they're all in there and they're all doing a bloody good job on them <laughs> with a good few lines we had a good old laugh about it <laughs> Uh, so that went down better, did it? Not, not a great double bill, that. Not, not a classic double it bill, anyway. It was separate nights. Drive. Drive and then... <laughs> Mum, we're going to watch Drive, and now we're going to watch... I'm going to normalise you again. Yeah. It's like when you when you have a new... Before you go to bed, you need to... You know, you have a glass of milk, which is the best exotic marigold hotel. Okay, and what's Drive? The, uh, the terrible, drive harrowing the, evening drive before. Kicking the balls. Kicking the balls, glass of milk bed. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, uh, well, I saw a film uh, this Come week. Off it. Yes, no, I did, I did. Um, uh, carrying on our art theme, which was suggested to us by one of our um, listeners uh, a few weeks ago now. Actually, uh, I forget who it was because the email was back in the midst of time. It's lost in time, but uh, lost in time, lost in time. Uh, but it's a film called Tim's Vermeer. And I, I, it stuck in my brain because someone else had recommended it to me as well. Um, so I finally tracked it down. This is a film about a man called Tim Jennison, I believe, who is actually a, um, com- a, a video camera and computer software engineer and inventor. Sounds like a he, dick. He, um, no, he invented uh, Lightwave. The 3D modelling software they use in loads of movies and stuff now. I thought it was um, going to be the Jean-Michel Jarre's old music. So. No, no, no. Sadly not. <laughs> Him, you know the, you know that noise? He invented that noise. Oh, wow. Well yeah. done, Tim. Sorry, well, I didn't mean that stuff. I said yeah, I mean, every time you've used that noise or enjoyed it, that's because of Tim. <laughs> um, so... Um, Vermeer, it's a, it's about uh, Tim's um, attempt to follow through on some theories that some artists have had, um, notably David Hockney, um, uh, about how perhaps artists of that period, um, Vermeer specifically, used optics as part of the process of painting. So rather than just setting up an easel, looking at a thing and then interpreting it in paint, they would actually have something a bit more complicated um, involving potentially lenses or a camera obscura in order to project onto something to then do something else with. And and the reason these theories exist is because uh, compared to what had come before, these paintings seem incredibly photorealistic. Um, they look like, you know, f- frames from films made of paint. And uh, and that's very odd for a, a human brain to have interpreted it in, in quite such a such a literal way. And so uh, Tim, because he's an inventor, he's not a painter, he's never painted before. Um, he, um, because he's a, a tinkerer and a, an engineer, he tries to replicate a system that could have created a Vermeer like this. And what are the famous for me? Is it the girl with the pearl earrings? Girl with the pearl earrings is the most famous one, yeah. So it's that very smooth, realistic, you know, the light pops, really pops in those paintings. She had lovely skin. That's lovely the one they, skin. She led to the invention of Clearasil. Is that right? Yes. 
Um, and of course, the career of Scarlett Johansson. Those were the two things yes. that came out of that. Um, it, this is uh, this film is written and produced by Penn and Teller. What? Yep. Um, and um, Penn Gillette actually narrates it as well. And you can once you get into it, you start to understand why, because the very idea of this huge endeavour by a single man just to uh, create one painting you can see would appeal to the magician's mind. You know, that whole idea of just no one will believe this amount of work went into it. But basically what Tim finds out is that by a series of mirrors, he can actually um, have the subject he's looking at appear in a tiny mirror uh, hovering above his canvas and by, by moving it around can actually copy exactly almost as if it was pixel for pixel the exact uh, colour he's looking at so when they merge that's when he knows it's right and it's you like can a photocopier exactly a human photocopier and the, the and the results are utterly convincing that this is what Vermeer oh really yes but what what really the the, the moral of the thing is that the idea that there are engineers and people who use computers or machines or whatever to create stuff um, over on one side, and then there's true artists who just look at something and interpret it like a wizard on the other, and that the two can't be combined, is a modern construction. If you think about the number of drawings and things that Leonardo da Vinci, we know, did, that he was he was both a fantastic painter and interested in machinery. Mm. They were the, they used to be the same people, and it's only it's only a recent thing that we. Oh, well, isn't it? How you, they they do mentally, they are from completely different sphere, art and science. They, this, the opposite end of the spectrum. But they but in the past, it was far more common that somebody who was fascinated by art and light and shape and everything would also be fascinated in science. This is not a traditional story in terms of Tim goes through a tortuous process and he thinks all is lost and all of that. It's not about that. It's 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 a gentler story than that. It's a simpler story of that. But I, I found it utterly fascinating. The idea that this man could go, I think this might be the case. I am going to build an entire room. And no one else thought that Vermeer was using this technique before. Two other people had uh, theor- and, that they name in this documentary had theorised that perhaps optics were involved and suggested some ways. He set out to prove a potentially exact way you would do it and then did it himself, not being a painter. So he then creates an almost, you know, a, a, an incredibly accurate looking Vermeer without being a painter at all. And it's, uh, it's, it's just scary the levels he goes to because he's trying to replicate a painting of Vermeer's that is a girl sat at a harpsichord. And the museum that, where they have Vermeer's room uh, wouldn't let him sit there for the amount of time it would take to make this painting. So he replicates inch for inch piece of furniture for piece of furniture, the exact room in a warehouse, so he wow. can sit in it and paint that room instead. But all the dimensions exactly and all of it. And it, it's the whole process takes him about four years. Wow. And it's just an amazing, it's a good, an amazing thing to watch. You just go, no, I'm convinced now. I am convinced. And it's all just a, t- a tiny little bit of mind blown about the history of art. That, that's yeah. all it is. It, it's, a, it's a small story, but it's, it's very enjoyable. Great. How many days you give it? I think I'd give it, you know, I'd give, give it eight, actually. Eight? 
David. Yeah, it's very interesting, very well told, uh, very well done. Um, so, uh, as we're sort of getting to the end now, I suppose. Well, I suppose, yeah. What do people do if they want to write uh, in? Well, if you'd like to uh, have your letter read out on the podcast, then please email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to uh, talk to one another, then go to Facebook uh, forward slash filmfandango. And you can do it there. Or you can tweet us if you'd like an immediate sort of uh, haphazard reaction to anything you have to say. Uh, then do so at, at Film Fandango, at Mr. David Reed, or at Merrick Larwood. And we also do all of this for free. Um, uh, so we rely solely on donations of our listeners to keep going. Uh, so if you would like to donate towards our... Uh, one, not, million, one million pounds. One million pound running costs a week then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the link from there. And everyone who has done already, thank you very, very much. Yes, thanks very much. Um, well, I suppose this is a shorter podcast, isn't it? Fine. Well, you, you had uh, nothing to add on uh, Tim's Vermeer. So, I mean, there's not much to say when it's a documentary, you know. It's, um, but uh, I, I found the, the idea of creating a brand new process uh, and then just going through the absolutely painstaking detail of, you know, because... He, he sounds like he might be autistic. Well, Tim, yeah. well, he's, he's a, he invented uh, 3D computer software, so it's quite... I mean, same, he's same a driven man. man, certainly. Certainly a very driven man. But the idea that Vermeer was just as driven, but had, was just inventing it mm. as, a, as a way of maybe doing this. I wonder what other things... I mean, I expect it'll come out in the wash, won't it? Probably. David Hockney's in this, and he seems very funny. Uh, he like a he nice started doing his own art on his own iPad, didn't he? Did he? And he did an exhibition on his own, just arts he'd drawn on his finger on his iPad. Right. You can do incredibly detailed stuff yeah. on that. An artist friend of mine, uh, you know, in the equivalent of sort of the early days of painting apps and stuff, where you have something that's just a bit like MS Paint, but a bit different, you know, it could create incredible things. I'm like, oh, well, all I can do is stick men. This is not... Well, why don't why don't our listeners draw something incredible like a picture of us and we can put it on our Facebook page? You know what? That's not a bad idea. Yes. Why not waste what, some of your what, life? What, doing why that? do we give them something to paint? Um, uh, we can have a competition. A pair. Well, <laughs> pretty simple, isn't it? What what what's come up in this? Uh, what about a, a painting of Timothy Spall grunting? That'd be good. Yeah. Painting of Timothy Spall doing a painting and eating fecal matter. <laughs> Well, that's optional. Optional fecal gobbling. Um, okay. Well, if you'd like to send us a paint, your painting of Timothy Spall, then we'll pick a winner um, between the two that people send. Um, we'll be back next week with more films. Keep, Keep watching, watching the, the films. films. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 